Hey, you're listening to Commando Cookout Podcast, episode 23. I'm Brando. I'm going to start this again. <laughs> hey, listen to Commando Cookout Podcast, episode 23. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and we're back with our new arc. What's it going to be? Who knows? We actually do. We'll tell it to you after they hit our theme song. Hey, Ryan, we're back oh, after a week off. So many funny things happened all right in a row. I uh, can't even believe this place sometimes. Uh, sometimes we are very good at what we do. Other so, times we are not. So we're checking our levels and check, check, check. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we hear from the studio next to us, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we look at each other. Uh-oh. Uh, is somebody getting fired here? Did we end up on live radio? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't, though. So Yeah, no, they were F-bombs for sure. <laughs> gainfully employed. It's very good. Excellent. And I totally botched that intro again. Yep. But with the magic radio, you may or may not know, depending on how much of it still makes the show. Correct. We sound great. (laughs) (laughs) So we took a week off for uh, you being on holidays and I guess me technically also being on holidays. Oh, went down to the States. Yes. The United States of America. America. How they treat you? Did you get shot? Did you get robbed? Did anything terrible happen to you? No. You know what? Americans are always so nice. I know. I've I've had it's so weird. It's like America at large is like uh, this fearful power monger capitalist nation. I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't see it because whenever I go there, it's always like everybody's super nice. Everybody's super friendly. They don't know I'm Canadian. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Like secretly they do know because I sound differently than they do. Maybe. Maybe they're just so happy because they bought 14 Big Crunch combos for three bucks. (laughs) I mean, I'd be in a good mood, too, all the time. Oh, yeah. I had uh, the first night we went there. We went to Montana first. The first night we stayed in Montana. And we roll in, and I guess all of the state of Montana goes to sleep at, like, 9 o'clock. What? Nothing was open. We went to Billings, Montana. It's a 110,000-person city. And, like, there was no... There was an Applebee's. That's where we ended up eating. And it was Ooh. good. It's good. I got some chicken and Rebecca, and there's baseball on, and I don't know. Got a couple giant beers. Oh, um, I got a beer called Street Fight. Did it have Ryu on the sticker? It did not. Did it have a guy kicking a car on the sticker? (laughs) Uh, No. Did it have a giant, muscly Russian man giving a spinning pile driver to a great big sumo wrestler? Mm, No, it didn't have that. So it was just the name then? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I guess that's fine. (laughs) I guess that's okay. But yeah, and then uh, uh, we went to Casper, saw Casper, Wyoming, saw the Eclipse. Ooh, did uh, demons rise from their grave and brand you as a mark of sacrifice to be eaten so that the fifth member of the God Hand could rise and take over the earth? Uh, no, but there was a guy that was like a little bit weird behind us, and he did howl when the sun was covered. Weird. Yeah, that was weird. That actually might what, be strange. What you said wasn't weird, but what I saw was weird. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody was expecting to happen, right? What I just said. Yes. Howling dudes, though? Weird. I don't know. Yeah, what the hell is that guy thinking? I don't know. Ah, it must be something in the water down there. What did you do? What did I do? I just sat here and drank beer. Oh, man, did I drink beer. Yeah, drinking beer is good. I went to a place in Casper that only sells gift cards. What? You you think, okay, what the hell? That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Okay. With the gift card, you walk past the till. You walk in. You pay the man $20. He gives you a gift card. You walk past the man. There's another man standing there saying, here, this is how it works. Give me your gift card. He puts it in a little slot with a little screen on it. You put a cup under a beer tap, and your $20 gift card just goes, as you fill up your beer cup. 
Oh. And then you drink it, and that's all they sell. You oh. drink a bunch, you go to the bathroom, there was a live band, and the whole the whole city was shut down because there was a big festival. Right. And uh, we just drank beer out in the streets, like they had it all barricaded off, but like wow. you didn't have to stay in a beer gardens. That's awesome. It was so great. That's not so fun. That sounds like a great time. Yep. I missed out. Yeah, it's okay. It 87 years, it'll happen again. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's another one happening out east in 20 something. Yeah, no, out west in Alberta. That's in Canada. Ha. Ah. In 2045? Maybe. I thought it was happening out in the, on the east coast in Newfoundland uh, and kind of the uh, northeastern states around Maine and all those other places that are over there. That's the only northeastern state I know. It's like New York and Maine. New York and Maine. Yep. I think that's all that's there. Actually. New York is because it's New York and Maine is because I like Murder, She Wrote. Huh. It's a great card. Card? Show. Show. Speaking of card, yes. what are we actually supposed to be talking about? I have no idea. I don't think anybody saw us getting off on a wild tangent about your adventures down in the States to watch the eclipse, Ryan. Oh. Could that possibly be... Well, I bought a toilet down there, too. What? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> anyway, they didn't have the kind of tank that I wanted for the toilet in my basement, so I ordered one. And got it delivered to the Home Depot in Billings and picked it up and drove it all the fuck way back. <laughs> and the border agent was like, hey, you, didn't, you said you didn't bring anything. What's that stuff in the back there? I said, it's a toilet. She looks at me. Okay, welcome to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Anyways, magic. Uh, I bought some magic on my holidays. What I didn't buy, C-17. I also have not bought C-17. Not for lack of sold, trying. Sold out. Sold out all over town. Sold out. I had a chance to get some on pre-order, and uh, the dude was like, it's 170 bucks." And I didn't know the MSRP on the decks is like thirty nine ninety nine in Canada. Yeah. So I was like, uh, no, I don't want to pay 170 bucks." But if you go like 40 times 4, it's like $160 plus tax. That would have been <laughs> MSRP I was paying. Yeah. And, the, and the little spot at Walmart where they should be is like... 54. Oh, no. Yeah, so Walmart's even jacking it up. Now, Walmart's jumped on the uh, price jacking train up here in Canada. Bastards. That's the worst, They took our targets, and now Walmart is running the monopoly. No target took their targets. They're stupid and didn't stock their stores. Oh, is that what happened? Yep, F you, Target. Yeah. Well, C-17 decks. I think since this is actually uh, the arc of the unexpected. What? I didn't see that coming at all. No. That was a bad Did joke. Did I ruin I like the it. surprise? I don't think so. Uh, Everybody listens to the show because we say unexpected things, Ryan. That's what our whole mantra is. Uh, well, we're doing extra unexpected. Exactly. We're going all the way to 11. Yes. 11? Yeah. All the way to 23 because that's what episode it is. Yes. So a couple things. I guess the C-17 decks, not unexpected. What? Uh, they were expected particularly the mana base for the dragon deck. Everybody I'm listening to, everybody I'm reading says, oh, it's so jank, it's so garbage, da 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 uh, What did you expect? Yeah, what, did, were you expecting 10 fetch, 10 shock? Mm. 10 duels, maybe. Yes. Hey, filter lands. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 10 filter, 10 shock, 10 duel, 10 fetch. I'm sure they'd sell that for $40 at the corner store. Yes. I'll bet you they would. <laughs> no. So what I told Brando was what I was expecting before we pulled the list up. And again, I, I didn't look at the mana base too ex- exquisitely. Extensively. I don't the, extensively, thank you. That's the word. I don't have the deck. I said, I expected 10 tries and five vivids. And that's exactly what's in there. Yep. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. For 40 bucks, not at all. Yeah. And if you've got a little bit of a collection or if you wanted to slowly beef that mana base up a little bit, 
get your eight, ten, twelve, fourteen dollar shock lands, whatever they are, even if they're fourteen bucks, um, that's one hundred and forty. If you get all ten of them, swap out two of each basic or one of each basic for each shock land that you're putting in. Then you got a good ass mana base. Yeah, almost all of the lands in the whole deck give you more than one color. That's very that good. Point. It yeah. eats shit to Blood Moon, but ooh, most five color decks. Five color decks. Yeah, most yeah. of them eat shit to Blood Moon. So I think that's okay. I think. I think the lists are good. Ooh, that's the thing that I got while you were gone. I got the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh card Blood Moon. I forget what they're called. From Amon Oh, the invocations. Yes, I got a Blood Moon. <laughs> that's what they look like to me. I, they think, look- I, think, I think everybody who's familiar with what a Yu-Gi-Oh card looks like probably went, oh, yeah, he means the invocations. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't Brando ever remember words like that? But I word good, so. Yep. Upshot, everybody. Yeah. Um, what, what else do we want to say about the uh, C-17? Everybody's talking about them, so well, I don't want to waste everybody's time more than we did talking about my toilet. <laughs> um, w- is there anything on the whole? How do you feel? Overall, I honestly think that they did us uh, a good service with these because it wasn't... Honestly, when they said we're doing tribal, I was thinking Merfolk, Goblin, Elf, Dragon was the other one I thought yeah. of. and Because the dragons zombies. were spoiled like months before it came out, right? Yeah, so I saw that kind of coming, and then I was like, well, this will be fun. There'll be some neat cards for Cranko and all the other tribal decks I have. And then when they started pulling out wizards, vampires, and cats, especially cats, that's pretty cool that they tried to do something a little different to encourage people to build different, less expected things. And I really dug that. I think that they did us a service kind of... By showing us, here's here's how it's done, guys. Here's a budget deck. Here's like a, they're all like hundred dollar decks, I guess. If you look at the cost of each card, yeah, and they're all good. I mean, the wizard one's a little bit sloppy, I think, and I think that the vampire one might be a little bit underpowered, just looking at the spoiler. But um, I think that they're great, especially in playing them with each other, which we haven't done yet, but I feel like we will soon in the future. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know what the the few new cards, I mean, I, there's 15 new cards in each deck. Um, some of them, I think, cross a couple different decks. There's one or two, like, legit-ass cards in yes. each deck. Yes, yes, yep. definitely. And there's one or two legit commanders in each deck. Yeah, so we, we're talking Ramos. Who else are we talking about? Um, I like, I, I'm mousing over it right now, Hammer of Nazan. That's when it, when it's in the, on the battlefield, whenever you play an equipment. Um, you can equip it automatically. Ooh. Ooh, so sick. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, that means your Argentum armor just costs six. As opposed to 12. Yeah. And your Pariah shield is five instead of 10. Yes. Not that you'd probably probably play Pariah shield, but you might. If you're playing Lin Civi with or Tremano Revolutionary, you play. That means turn one or two creature into turn two or three sword immediately. Oh, no, it doesn't because Hammer of Nazan costs four. I, I screwed that up, but. Yeah. Um, when you play a sword, immediately equip. Very good. Somebody thinks that you, you can't get through, you play your sword that can immediately equip that gives them protection from your color, you're dead. It's a very good card. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. I like Edgar Markov, Grandpa Markov. He's pretty good. I think he's a little bit pinpointed. Like, you're not going to play him in Not Vampires. Well, any of the Eminence ones are like that, though, that's, right? That's very true, yeah. Although I feel like the Dragon one in particular, I think that his Eminence ability is very general and i think you could probably just play him in a you could just play dragons with him because people were playing dragons already whereas most of the you know what i think he's like one of those ones that you play just because he's five color yes and then you if you have dragons in your deck it's like uh oh well all of a sudden this one is just a little bit better exactly yeah 
It's amazing what that one mana means when you're playing things that cost six or seven mana. Uh, that's the deck I want the most. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it looks like lots of fun. Yeah. And we're not talking about that wizard bullshit either. That one that lets you cast things from your graveyard. Oh. F her. Oh. Okay. She was printed just like Atraxa to be a tier one thing. Oh, she's already and a tier one considerable general. Yeah. F her. Whoo. Yeah. I'm sure wizards expected that. Oh. Yeah, we're going to lean on that Let, all the time. <laughs> let's get back to what uh, what the arc is about here. Um, yes. So the arc of the unexpected. First and foremost, Brando alluded to it or mentioned it already. The reason we're doing this show is to give you things that might not be the standard line of play or the standard way to build. And we're going to highlight a couple of those in this arc. Coming episodes are, or like the next three or four episodes are going to have a few weird builds. Yes. Um, we did, for example, Turbo Traxa. It was Turbo Fog Atraxa. We did that uh, way back, episode seven. Probably. I think, I've edited I think it since then with C17 cards. Ooh. It's an alternate win condition Turbo Fog Atraxa okay. list. And you can check that deck list out on our tapped out page at tappedout.net. Then, oh, if you like it, it oh. you can totally send us a tweet on Twitter at CCO Podcast. Then, after you've done that, because you love us so much that you've taken the time to do that, you might as well just push it to the next level. You can send us an email at commandercookout at gmail.com. You could say things are getting serious. <laughs> I like it. Then, once you've sent that email off, you realize you want to listen to every episode of the show, so you want to go check out Commander Cookout Podcast on Google Play, iTunes, and Podomatic. Especially Podomatic, because you definitely want to help us beat those scrapbooking ladies, because I listen to their show, and it's not as good as ours. You... You listen to it? I listened to it. I was like the one. front to back? Front to back. A full episode. Full episode. They just talk about their lives and then how they cut out newspaper articles and pictures of their lives and glue them to pieces of paper and then look at them. It, it astonished me. Why are they so popular? I don't know. Do people like listening to that? Maybe. Maybe we should do that. No, let's oh. not do that. I don't, I don't want to do anything like that. Okay, I don't want to do that. I'd rather glue macaroni to pieces of cardboard and make fun pictures. And give them to my mom and dad. Because I'm in grade four. <laughs> I can't. I stop laughing. So the moral of that story is just help us out. Automatic Commander Cookout. Give us a follow. Give us a like. It'll, it'll really help us out. But yeah, so anyways, that was a sweet aside. For sure. So the next thing that we want to touch on again, because we haven't talked about it for like 19 episodes, is our spice formula. It's right. the metric that we judge these decks by. Because we use math to see how sweet we are. Yeah. And mathematically, we're awesome. The decks we talk about are awesome. Yeah. Mathematically. Yes. Except for some of them are not. <laughs> yeah, no, some of them aren't very good, yeah. So the parameters that we look at are going to be, of course, we go to edhrec.com, how many lists there are, right? Oh. Gallobraid has like two lists. Atraxa has 2,300, whatever, 3,600, who cares? Limb Duel Necromancer has one. There you go. So when you sit down with somebody with Atraxa, you kind of know what to expect. You sit down with somebody with Galibrate or Limb Duel, you don't know what to expect. Yeah, what is this guy doing? That's another thing that we want to try and highlight. We're going to give you another build that doesn't have very many lists on yeah. edhrec.com. Or even if you sit down across from somebody and they're playing... Believe in Atraxa. Here's a oh, Atraxa, and you see the 99 cards piled up next to it. It's like, oh, God. And they just, like, bust out something that's ridiculous. And so, why, why isn't that a planeswalker or an infect creature? Yes. What's the matter with you, Brando and Ryan? 
And then we we're like, well, we're sweet. You're going to find out next week what's the matter with us. Yes, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at the popularity. We're looking at how similar your deck is if you are playing a Traxxas to the stock list, the stock 155 cards or whatever that EDH Rec is going to give you. The more different you are from that list that EDH Rec gives you, the stock list we call it, yep. um, the more spicy or unique we think the list is correct okay so we are also looking at how tuned it is or what the average converted mana cost is the closer the average converted or the lower the average converted mana cost is the more you're going to start to see cards that show up in very tuned 1v1 decks or legacy decks and there aren't very many tuned deck strategies compared to how many actual strategies there are Correct. Right. There's maybe let's call it. Let's say there's 50 tier one and 1.5 lists. Yes. And there's over you know 600 different legendary creatures. Right. So 50 into 600. Uh, you can see why if you're using one of those 51 through 600, it would maybe be more spicy. Yes. Right. That leads into the optimal game size that you play a deck in. You're playing one of those 1v1 cards with the low converted mana cost. They're really fast pointed decks. Might not be as spicy as something that's, you know, a little bit more swingy, bomby, yeah, combo-y, funny, whatever. Taking your time. Everything in the, every art on every card has a chair or a bow and arrow or a cat or a, yeah. I don't know, a pumpkin. That's, that's funnier. Yeah. It's pumpkin spice season. That's why I said it. Are you part of the cult? What? There's a cult? I did make a pumpkin pie. Uh, that's that not g- the same thing as like going to Starbucks and being shot with a potato gun with pumpkin in it. I've been to Starbucks one time in my whole life. Was it to use the bathroom? Yes. After you went to Taco Bell? No. It was to use the bathroom, though. I hate Starbucks. Yeah, I kind of do, too. It's like $12 for coffee. I can't abide by that. I don't even drink coffee. I don't drink coffee either. Yeah. Why would we go there? Yeah, CCO Nation. No coffee for you. Okay. Uh, unique and varied game experience. That's what we say lots to is part of what we want to accomplish in playing Commander or, or, or you listening to the show is you have unique, varied game experiences. Those are things like not putting too many tutors in your deck, which is another metric that the spicy formula uses. Yes. Um, getting a different experience every time you sit down to play. Very important. Maybe you want to play plane chase. Maybe you want to play Vanguard, right? It changes up the game. It makes things a little bit more varied, thus more fun. Because variety is the spice of life. Yes, and all of those things that we just talked about are part of unexpected play, right? Yes. And if you want to hear more about that spice formula, we did it in episode four. Four. So go listen to episode four on Podomatic, iTunes, Google Play, and you'll get a whole episode where we kind of break down each section, explain what each part of it means and stuff. It's lots of fun. Let's use an example that we've already talked about in another f- previous episode, in our aggro episode, we talked about my Krenko deck. And an unexpected play that we could talk about a little bit is Land, Altar of the Brood. Ooh, what yes. The he- what the hell is that doing in an aggro deck? So you play an aggro goblins token deck. Yep. And you put Altar of the Brood. Yeah, a mill card. And Altar of the Brood is? Whenever a permanent comes into play under your control, each opponent mills a card. Mills a card means puts it from the top of the library into the graveyard. Yep. And it's... Totally there in my deck because the people around our table don't like getting milled. And so it kind of tilts them a little bit and it sort of puts them off the game. So I play it for that psychological advantage that it gives me. But that's exactly what we're talking about. It's something that's not expected. It's not a, 
it's not an aggro card. It's not something you'd ever expect to see in there. People see it and say, why are you playing that terrible card? And then, why are you playing that terrible card? Yeah, the, why are you playing that terrible yeah, card? Yeah, I hate getting mailed. Exactly. Two, I guess a couple things. Getting milled in Commander, not a big deal. We've talked about that before. Get yep. over it. At the same time, uh, I have lost to Alter the Brood before. Yeah. With Cranko. You you tap Cranko, he puts a goblin into play for each goblin. Yep. And normally, when you're playing against Cranko, you're just going to get smacked in the face a whole bunch until you're dead. But with Alter the Brood, and I had Crawl Space, or you have to pay to attack me, or you yeah. can't attack yeah. me. Like a light minefield where attacking creatures take damage equal to the number of attacking creatures. Exactly. Something that doesn't let creatures attack... You can still leverage something as unexpected as Alter of the Brood. Alter of the Brood. And people just aren't going to know how to fight it, right? They're going to get their head in a spot where they want to fight an aggro deck with a control deck or what have you. And now they're going to have to fight this weird thing that doesn't normally belong in there. So that would be something that you put in during your build process, something that you play, you pick a time. Maybe you drop it turn one, like, because it only costs one, but maybe you. You drop it turn five, six, seven when you can put in 80 goblins and you just mill everybody all at once. Yeah, you can suddenly just make a bunch of permanents. So you take advantage of that to get that unexpected mill, which again is a super fun tilt moment for, for, for you if you do it. Yeah, that was that was one example. My example is a little bit different. Mine is uh, turn two, ramp into ad nauseum. Why did you do that? <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's unexpected in that you shouldn't be doing that that early. No. Um, it's not going to give you varied game experience, but it is going to be unexpected. So I don't know. Take it with a grain of yeah. sand. Yeah, the That's... deck that does that probably isn't going to be the spiciest deck point, out there. Good point. Good point. Just because it's probably tuned to do that and not kill you. Okay. So I've got, uh, I've got two categories here. We've got advantages and disadvantages of being unexpected, doing something that people aren't... Exp- yeah. uh, aren't uh, aren't prepared for you to be doing based on the deck that you're playing or the social dynamic or the size of the game, even how many people are playing the game. Um, Forces opponent to react and replan, rethink their turns. That's a very, that's a powerful thing. I think that's the number one advantage of doing something that's so out to left field. Especially if you're, because a lot of the times when you're doing something that's unexpected, it probably means you're playing a suboptimal card. Yeah, probably. Like, why are you in the strategy? At the very least, it might be suboptimal. Precisely, even if it's a good card. Why are you playing a black knight? Oh yeah, good example. Because it's a knight. It fits in with my knights. Episode ten, Queen Marchesa, knight, um, tribal, uh, chess tribal. Yeah, death touch tribal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good deck, but it's a it's a black knight. There's a million easier things that I could play. In a three-color deck. Yeah, Black Knight is 2-2 two, two for black, black, first strike. Yeah, I could play any so number. So many of better two-drops. There are better things at black, black that I could play. I could play that uh, Death Touch Lifelink guy. Oh, yeah. 2-3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's even bigger than the Black Knight, and he <laughs> yeah, gains me life. better abilities. <laughs> and still kills something. Yeah. It's, it's way better, but I play him because he's on theme, and he's a first strike, which you do have to take into account. Mm-hmm. And you can give him Death Touch and first strike, which is... The best. The best combination of abilities <laughs> best. that exists. Yeah. So rethinking, replanning. I mean, we've all been in the situation where you're looking, you're looking at your hand, you're looking at your land, what's your opponent's board state. Okay, next turn I'm gonna drop this guy. Uh the next turn I'm gonna attack Brando. I'm gonna kill him because I can kill his one blocker. Yep. Oh. Then he goes black knight. Then he goes uh death touch dot equipment. 
or what have you. What uh, quite a spike? Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, quite a spike. Ah, oh, well, shit. There goes my plan. Yes, he can right. kill that. I had exacties. He's going to kill one of my guys, and then he's going to quiet to spike me on the swing back, and I'm going to feel the pain. And I have nothing to win with at that point. Yeah. So having forcing somebody to replan is very excellent. Okay, second advantage that I got here. Um, makes your opponent use resources too soon or unoptimally, inoptimally. That's another word for putting them on tilt. Is what that is. It could be. Because it, it surprises them. You play a great Bodoyan. Does anybody know what a great Bodoyan is? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> great Bodoyan, for those of you that don't know, is a... Get this. 2-4 elf archer for four and a green. Other archer creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever an archer you control deals damage to a creature, that archer deals that much damage to that creature's controller. Like, that's... It's strange. It's out to left field. It's a crazy. It's a crazy card. And if you play something like that, I'd be immediately afraid of it. I like that card because it's kind of like repercussion. Yeah. Whenever a creature takes damage by an archer, it deals that much to an opponent. Yeah. Repercussion is just whenever a creature deals or takes damage, it deals that much to an opponent. To its controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. Yeah, but it, you play something like that. Nobody sees that coming. Nobody's ready for that. And so they'll immediately try, probably, to get rid of it. Because yeah. if you're going to play something s- stupid, crazy like that, you got to be playing it for a reason, and it's probably a janky reason. Yeah, we, we, but- go, back, uh, we go back to the Black Knight Quietus Spike example. I'm going to swing in for the win, and, uh, and Brando does Quietus Spike Black Knight. Eliminates my opportunity to have Xaxes on him. i got to use my removal that I was saving for Smitty's guy. Because yeah. I'm going to attack Smitty the next turn. Exactly. Right? And it can, like I say, it can tilt you. It can change the way you're going to do things because you don't really see that coming. You don't expect anybody to be palming one of these janky guys or to be playing a Black Knight <laughs> yeah. at all, right? Great, great Bodoyan leads into my next example of an advantage is it ensures that you're playing your game. Yes. Right? And that is why I play every deck that I've ever played any time I build it, ever. Except your Dredge. Game. Except for Dredge, because yeah, I played, that... I play Dredge because I love Dredge. You're a terrible person. Yes, because I'm a bad man. Uh, can you do Dredge in EDH? Yes. Should we do it? I've already done it. If you go on to our tappedout.net page, you'll see my Sadisi sneak attack deck. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. It's, we should uh, check the spiciness of that deck. It'll probably, if... be, it'll probably be high just because... Actually, this works out with what we were talking about earlier, where you see Sadisi come down, 99 next to it. I know exactly what that's going to do. And then, surprise, it's yeah, Dredge. Sadisi's the most uh, most popular Salt-Eye commander on EDHREC.com. We'd probably have a good chance of being pretty far away from that with our spicy. I hope so. I think so. We're going to check that out. Maybe we'll do a Sadisi list. Yeah. We that makes it out. pretty expected if we're going to do a Sadisi yeah. list now, doesn't it? Everybody sees it coming now, but it's a good one. And you can take a look at it if you want. It's Hermadruid. It's, you said it was Dredge. It's Dredge into Hermit Druid. Hermit Druid is Dredge. Oh, Hermit Druid has God. always been Dredge. Damn. You're, Should I put a Hermit Druid in my Dredge deck? Total aside. Let's talk legacy for a second. Do I put a <laughs> oh, single no! Hermit Druid in I my Dredge? I forgot to bring the cards that I had to give you because you're playing legacy on Monday. Are you playing legacy on Monday? I could play legacy on Monday. Ben needed cards. I was supposed to give them to you. Oh. Sorry, Ben. Ha! F, F you, Ben. <laughs> uh, should you put her? I don't know. I, I don't know anything about Legacy it's a, anymore. It's a win more card. It doesn't have Oh, haste. yeah. Win more doesn't have a place in yeah, Legacy. Yeah, not in Legacy. Win or lose. Yeah, you don't need it. Okay, let's look at a couple of the diff- disadvantages of being 
unexpected. You play something a little bit weird, janky. Yep. Off the beaten path. Maybe your opponent thinks that it's part of a win condition. Maybe your opponent thinks that you're trying to play out a few weird things to seal the game, and that opponent is going to track onto that. And That's your great Bodoyan. Could be. Yeah. yeah, or it could be your Alter the Brood. Yeah. Oh, what's he got in his hand that's going to make him go infinite to 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 mill me with Alter the Brood? Ah, uh, don't know. I only have 40 cards left in my library because I've been drawing lots of cards. Uh, shatter your Alter the Brood. Yeah, which necessarily isn't the worst example of, of, you know, it draws out a removal spell and they kill a thing that means nothing. But yeah, I guess they don't kill your sword. Correct. But I, I see what you're saying. Like, if you're playing Ooze Tribal, you've built Ooze Tribal. What the... What the fuck is Ooze Tribal? I don't even know. I'm just using it as an example. And you're, so you're playing your Oozes. You're like, ha, huh, I'm playing Ooze Tribal. They don't know that. They think you're playing something that's totally insane that's going to F with them because you're playing all these crazy Oozes. It's like, what the? So you could find yourself maybe unintentionally drawing a great big target on your board state because people don't know what you're doing. And until you've played a couple of games where it shows that you don't even know what you're doing, people <laughs> yeah. will mess with you. I have, yeah. a, I have an example of that from when we were playing at, I think it was at your place a couple weeks ago, I have a blue-white merfolk aggro deck. And I was so boned. I had no mana. I had no rocks. I had a handful of things that cost flipping six. And I only have four things that cost six. And I couldn't play any of them. I finally rip a land. I play my only four drop. And F you, Jesse. He played Desertion on it. What was it? It was one of those dudes that you can tap to find a merfolk and just put it into play. Which would actually have given me something to do. Oh. I had four land and a 2-1. <laughs> and he Desertion's my guy. And then whoever played after Jesse killed my guy. And I'm like, why are you guys even doing that? You're playing blue-white. It's probably your control deck. <laughs> yeah. What the hell, guys? Come on. Uh, F you, Jesse. F you, Smitty. Yep. You both suck. Okay, the next disadvantage that I want to talk about, when you run something out that's off the beaten path, weird, unexpected, and your opponent is then able to play something or leverage that against you. Yes. <laughs> kind of a corner case scenario, but I'm sure it could happen. You know, you... Oh, here's a, here's a here's a contemporary example, brand new. You run out your Font of Mythos that lets everybody draw two extra cards. Hooray! The game is Yay, faster. Everybody love me. Yeah, and you're playing against Kess, the new one of the new commanders from the Wizard deck, and they run out a Nakuzar that's in their ninety nine. Oh. oh, and you're all of a sudden taking crap ton of damage because you're drawing three cards a turn. Yes, that's terrible. Yeah. It's a one-card example of that I just thought of. Hunted Wumpus. Hunted Wumpus. Hunted Wumpus is a 6-6 six, six for four, uh, one of which is green. It is an uncommon. And when Hunted Wumpus comes into play, each other player may put a creature from his or her hand into play. Check me out. 6-6 six, six on turn two. Thanks, Ulamog. Oh, great in a group no. hug deck. And I, I, maybe, that's the, maybe that's where you put that card, but if you're... You don't put that card anywhere. You never play that card. But if you are playing that card, it better be for a damn good reason. The next thing you're going to play after that is Insurrection. That's where you want that. They oh, all go, yeah, I like that. Ulamog, Ulamog, Kozilek, Emrakul. Nah, you're stupid, Ryan and Brando, playing Hunted Wumpus. Let's just play Final Fortune. I'll take an extra turn. Insurrection. Fuck all y'all. 
That's how that would go. And everybody would laugh, I think. <laughs> yes, so excellent. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about here, is a big disadvantage. You got your altar of the brood. You're milling me every turn. Everybody gangs up on you because you did something that was out to left field. Yes. And then you just get the mud hole stomped and you buy a whole bunch of stone cold wannabes. Yes. <laughs> and you have a bad day, yes. And that yeah. has happened to me as well. I mean, it, it, it just so happens that my altar of the brood strategy is in a very scary deck that tends to kind of get gang beat anyway. Yeah. But if you're doing that, and especially if you're doing it just because you think it's like you just think it's funny, like, oh, I'm going to try this and put my play group on tilt. And you're not actually. And then you get your ass beat yeah. and you go tilt. <laughs> yeah. Like, even in Cranko, like, there is the possibility where I could abuse it and turn it into a win condition because Cranko can pump out a ton of permanence real fast. If yeah. you just play an altar of the brood and you're like, haha, land everybody, mill one thing, one thing at a time. Everybody's like, I hate this. I, I hate, hate this. I hate you're you. You're going to die. And they just pound you. Or maybe they're playing a graveyard strategy. Maybe they're playing reanimator. Oh, absolutely. Maybe they're playing that Sidisi deck that you were talking about. Yeah, maybe it's like, <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Dread yeah. return. I win. Yeah. Battle <laughs> of the Defiled. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Unexpected social plays. Now, Ooh. this is kind of what is Commander. Right when you're leveraging table politics, when you're when you're trying to sneak something in, when you're trying to when you're trying to posture, when you're trying to trick somebody yeah. without without blatantly lying to them, maybe that's a bluff. I guess that's bluffing to them, right? <laughs> that's I guess the next category we've got here. And now social plays don't always necessarily. I don't want to say they always further just your game plan. In some cases, and I I'm maybe even bad for this. I'll put cards in decks just because they kind of make the games go a little quicker, and they'll buy you a couple of turns. If you put down that green enchantment that I like so much. Oh, yeah. What do we always talk about with that? Um, rights of Flourishing. Rights of Flourishing. You play a Rights of Flourishing, usually it'll buy you a couple of turns where people aren't going to beat you up because everybody's drawn an extra card. Everybody's playing an extra land. It works for everybody. It kind of buys you a little bit of time to get yourself established, but it's also establishing everybody else at the same time. That's what I would think is an unexpected social play. Because you shouldn't play you, Rights you, of Flourishing. You frame it like you're, verbally, you frame it like, oh, this is like you did with Fontamethos. Everybody's having a good time and making the game go faster, right? Yep. Everybody likes that. You're going to play more games. You're going to play more stuff. We're going to get to our bombs quicker. Everybody's happy with that. Yeah. Um, that's your unexpected kind of social stuff. Because like, people who auto-include Howling Mine in a deck, suboptimal deck strategy, but... Sometimes it can help you out. It can gain you points with your play group so you don't just get gang beat all the time. Yep. It'll buy you that extra time where once you play something that could be a threat. Oh, and you know what else I like about that? If if you are the, let's say, let's pretend there is a Howling Mine guy in your play group that plays Howling Mine all the time to, le to, to leverage that, hey, I'm playing, here's my Howling Mine. I got it, guys. Everybody, remember? Yeah. Remember I play Howling Mine? Right? You could leverage that a little bit if if you, I'll call it posturing. You take that Howling Mine, and instead of putting it over by your deck or by your dice or whatever, like where you normally put, wherever you normally put your artifacts, yep. you put it up at the top of the table, like by where you normally put your creatures. You can kind of wiggle it, or you can, yep. you can, you can spin it when it's on the table, like, uh, like you're 
paying attention. Yeah. Here it is. Remi- right? Remind people, hey, did, did, did you draw your extra card this turn? Yes. And then when they do, yeah. Like, you have to with Howling Mine, right? Well, it's a, it's not a it's not a May, but people forget. I've yeah, definitely ab- played games where do, how, sure, many, how sure. many effing cards are we drawing now? Five? Yeah. How, yeah. What? And sometimes it gets ridiculous. But there's, there's a couple ways to that to do that posturing on board or, or socially touching your card, wiggling it, moving it. You do the same thing with a rattlesnake card. Like you've got a a royal assassin. Tap to destroy target tapped creature. You're going to just touch that card and have your finger on it when somebody goes to make their attacks, right? I never do that. They see that you have this card. And they're not going to attack you. Oh, I never do. I put it like next to my graveyard. So people think it fell off of my graveyard. And it's like, oh, by the way, this is still in play, guy. <laughs> That's another way to do it. No takes these backsies, butthole. That's, that's not way. a good social play. That's though. not that's, a. Yeah, that's kind of angle yeah. shooting a guy, right? Definitely. That's a, that's a that's a poker thing that you don't want to do. It used to get people killed in the Wild West. Is yeah. angle shooting guys like that, right? Yeah, I don't like to do that very often. But sometimes you just have to kill Jesse's creature. Absolutely, f you, Jesse. Yeah. Another way to posture, this is a little bit more physical, is, is okay, every once in a while you kind of just lean forward and tilt your head kind of up or back or whatever, and you're looking at, oh, what, what's that over there? Oh, yeah, okay. Or you're leaning over, you're looking right next to your opponent's board, right over top their board. What is How many creatures you have? Right? Like you're counting to do a Wrath of God. Yeah. Or wh- what's that attacking over there? Okay, yeah, okay, cool. Whatevs. Right, okay. And then yeah. your opponent goes, what are they? But secretly all you've done is play a Howling Mine. Yeah. yeah. You're just doing something fun. And and you've drawn into two removal spells. Yeah. Right? And, it, it, or two lands, and you could bluff. Yeah, they always affect you. Social plays, good unexpected social plays, generally should be appreciated by the table. What did we talk about in our reputation episode? What was that card I talked about? Mm-hmm. World Purge. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. World Purge. Yeah. That is always unexpected, and it's never appreciated. Don't play that. Yeah. I put it in my Merfolk deck just because that Jesse Smitty story I told you earlier. So in my <laughs> you are it, like world in, purge in my blue white aggro deck, I now have a nine drop sorcery that restarts the game. Well, aggro is probably the the yep. archetype that you want to restart the game. I, with, I right? rebuild the fastest. That's you you rebuild that. the fastest when everybody's already taken ten or fifteen or twenty damage. Yep. And then you're just playing normal magic. Sweet. Yeah. I like it. It's not actually a terrible plan or a terrible strategy. And, yeah. But I feel like a bad person for doing that. Yeah. But I'm doing it. F it. So where are we going with this? What are we, what are we building up to talking about unexpected plays? What is unexpected? What kind of unexpectedness are we expecting in this art? Uh, <laughs> well, we alluded at a, at a couple little things there where we are playing decks that aren't actually the deck that you think it is. Right. Um, we're not we're not going to say too much more on that because we're we're looking at a few of them to actually do episodes on. But yeah. there's another kind of thing where um, you could do what what we've kind of called Jack in the Box builds. Yeah. Yes. Where okay, for example, you have a uh, Nor in the Wary deck, right? That has a Neheb kind of substructure in it yes. because the stuff that's good in Norin is actually way better in the heb but you don't want to play in the heb deck because it's it's new and everybody's doing it yeah you want your classic kind of quirky foiled out already Neheb or um norn deck norn deck yeah it's funny they both start with n it's fun yeah i like that yeah so you could build something into something else morph animar is kind of like that too you you i guess morph animar is more like the the first example where you lay it down in the pile of 99 beside it Everybody knows that there's all this powerful stuff in there. Right. Nah, just kidding. It's a bunch of crappy morph seven drop one ones that you morph. Yep. <laughs> They're free. <laughs> Yay. Uh. Yeah. So that's another little thing there. Uh, General Tazri is another example. Then that's like a legit deck, though, where you play your General Tazri 
and everybody thinks, oh my god, there's the the tier one general Tazri deck. It's so powerful. And then you search up Zada Hedron Grinder with it. And then you're yeah. playing five color Zada Storm. Yeah. Instead of it's not even Zada Goblin tokens. Yeah, it's not even creature swarming. You you kill them with a tendrils of corrupt tendrils of agony? Tendrils of agony. Yeah. That's what you're gonna do instead. Nobody sees that coming. Can you even do that? I think you probably could. Oh, we yeah, absolutely that. you can. We can definitely do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Play Ad Nauseam Tendrils Legacy deck in your General, General Tazri's Atta deck. Yep. Ah, General Tazri, no wonder you're so dang good. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that I, I think that I want to talk about, and we've been talking about having a small list of cards that we're going to call the CCO Staples. Ooh. Rolls off the tongue nice. It really does. The CCO Staples, I've had one in my mind for a little while that I've been putting in every deck that I build, and that's Plague Mirror. That's a very good one. Uh, if you have any pump in the deck, he's a 1-1 one, one for color, two colorless, and you can tap him for a colorless, and he has Infect. Any creature pump or proliferate, if you can get him in once, you can usually do... You can peel out one player with that. He can work. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can peel out one player with that. Peel I like that. Yeah. Like one side of a banana. Yeah. Yep. I like a little ditty from my favorite set, Invasion, Ooh. called... Twilight's Call. It's from the cycle of cards like the Wrath card, um, Route. Route is good. Route is destroy all creatures for five. You can pay an additional two to cast it as an instant. Twilight's Call is kind of the exact opposite. Black, black, four. Each player returns each creature card from their graveyard to the battlefield. You can pay it for two extra to cast it as an instant. Normally, like in my Balthor deck, I would do that during my own turn, and all my zombies would enter the battlefield, triggering all the ETB things that they do, and people would lose a whole bunch of life, right? Yeah. But I could, you could also, okay, Brando attacks me. Get wrecked. And he attacks me with two big, big dudes. They're giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big guys. I go eight mana, because it's six mm -hmm. plus two, to get all my creatures back from my graveyard and all of his. But he's only attacking me with two. So I could gang block his two and kill them both. Right? And then I still have a bunch of my guys left over based on how he has to assign the damage. It's an unexpected way to use a yeah. old card. I like Twilight's Call for that reason. It's both unexpected and it might make the CCO Staples list. And it's an eight mana fog. And anytime you can say eight mana. Fog. fog. So good. Yeah. That's awesome. Everybody and, wants to oh, do that. Oh, you know what? Here's the other thing, too. Uh, when you're looking at In Garrick's Wake or um, Plague Wind, yep. remember our Black Wrath discussion? Yes. You could use Twilight's Call as a black attacking creature's wrath. Yeah. And it costs eight mana. Just it, it It's kind of in the same... I mean, it's there to be an anti-wrath, but it gives it that extra but utility. But it also could be a wrath, and it yeah. puts it into the same category as... Plague Wind or whatever, if you don't have any creatures in your graveyard other than the two you're attacking me with, then I'm going to gang block and kill all of them. Yeah. Or that new, there's a new thing from Ixalan or whatever that rem, it removes attacking creatures from the game. It's like a Wrath at an instant and it removes attacking creatures. Ooh, maybe that'll go in Turbo Traxa. I'm sure I saw that. It was. It looks like a good card. Ooh, ooh, I have to talk about this. I have to talk about this. I have to talk about this. I have a new favorite card. I have a new favorite card. It's in Ixalan, and it's called Star of Extinction. Have you oh, seen that? Oh, yeah! Star of Extinction. It's like, what is it, for red, red, it five? It goes with repercussion. Remember I was yes, talking it, about repercussion? Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. So, yeah. so it's red, red, five, sorcery, 
Destroy target land. What? what? <laughs> then it does 20 damage to each creature that land's controller has. And planeswalkers also. <laughs> it's so good. And the picture on it, it's like the star coming out of the sky and all the dinosaurs are looking up over the top of the trees like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like the cards like, get wrecked, dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh. Those poor dinosaurs, they were around for one set and were wiping them out of magic's yeah, history oh. forever. There's not even going to be a second block. The dinosaurs are going to be extinct. All the zombies <laughs> are going to be dinosaurs. Or yeah. zombies. Oh, zombie dinosaurs. Zombie dinosaurs. We're calling it. Should we call it? Yes. Zombie dinosaurs. You heard it here first. Ixalan 2.0. Patent pending. Yeah, trademark. Yeah, if they use it, we're suing. Absolutely. You hear, you hear that, Wizards? Yeah, you want to die? <laughs> <laughs> Take our stuff. But yeah, there's a, there's some there's some spoiler discussion. Oh, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh. yeah. You want to hear something else that's unexpected? Yes. That's from the new set? You want to you hear something unexpected from the new set? Yes. They reprinted Jace. Oh, wow. Who saw that coming? Hmm? He has no shirt on, too. I feel like I saw that coming, didn't <laughs> yes, I? Yes, I thought he got greased. Yeah, no, there he is. I hate him. First Planeswalker from the new set. I hate him. I hope he dies. Uh, I do, too. And he's a pirate. It's like, oh, let's print Jace. He's all so, sweet. Okay, wait, no, here's, here's, the, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Um, they've released the art on a set of the basic lands. You know how there's like three basic lands for each or four of each type, and they have a common theme for one, a common theme for another one? Yeah. A set of five of them have a Jace wandering in them like he's lost on Ixalan. Do you think he went there and like lost his planeswalker powers and now he has to find somebody or something? Oh, Do we the... know this yet, listeners? Hit us up because if we don't, I'm calling it to Jace is uh downgraded. He's lost his powers, he or Ixalan is making him lose powers. Oh, like the Savage Lands in X-Men. Yes. It... Savage Lands and X-Men and mutants go there, they lose their powers. Like Professor X could walk, and oh. Magneto couldn't do Magneto stuff. It, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a thing. Like, um... That could be, that could like be a during, thing. Like, during the Dark Ages in Magic, um, you couldn't walk off of Dominaria after Urza exploded the uh, Golgothian Silex. Right, yeah. Yes. Exactly like yep. that. That's the same That's thing. That's my favorite portion of the Magic History storyline is the Dark. I'm so dark. happy we got a Marisil the Pretender in C17 because he was in the dark. <laughs> yes, it's so good. I love that flavorful stuff. It's excellent. Yep. Now we have to do is hope that Jace gets eaten by a dinosaur because dinosaurs are awesome. Oh, that would be so sick. Yes, that'd be so good. And there's even that new dinosaur planeswalker. I'm calling it, by the way. I'm, bu- I'm building it. Nobody else, just me. You could put him in the dinosaur legend dot deck. Yeah, that's what I'm doing because uh, yeah. I assume I'm not going to be able to get one of those Grimlock cards. CCO Nation, new contest for the new arc. If you can get me one of those Grimlock Hascon cards, I will give you some money for it. That's a good contest. <laughs> that is the best contest that I'm going to come up with right now. If you can get me that card, I'll just I'll pay you for it. There it is. There Simple, it is. honest. Straight up. Yep. Brando collects Transformers. Yes, specifically Grimlocks. I have 11 Grimlocks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that what you bought at Thing the other day? No, I bought a Trypticon. My very, oh, can I tell the story on the yeah, podcast? I told the story about a toilet. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I collect Transformers. I've collected Transformers for years. My collection is like, it's like 600 strong, which isn't a huge number by some collector's standards. But do you want to die? That's so many. <laughs> I didn't know you had that many. That's I lots. didn't even know there was that many. It's totally that many. Really? And what I've acquired is one of each character from seasons one through three of the original cartoon show. 
And the last one that I needed was the new Trypticon that came out for Titan's Return. It's like three feet tall. It's a great big dinosaur. He's flipping awesome. And expensive. And he cost me 250 bucks because I'm Canadian. And I got one yesterday, and I got him home, and I opened him today, and I was so excited, and his goddamn arm fell off. <laughs> so we were late for recording today because I had to take my broken Trypticon back to exchange him for the one other Trypticon in the city of Saskatoon so that I could have a not broken one. So I have now, but I'm responsible for taking up all 100% of the Trypticons in Saskatoon. Because I bought one, it broke, <laughs> and I exchanged it for the other one. I'm also saying Saskatoon. I feel like such a Texan when I say that. Saskatoon. Yeah. It's Saskatoon. It's Saskatoon, not Saskatoon. Saskatoon. I'm going to Saskatoon. I feel like that's how people in Montana say it. Where the hell is a Saskatoon? That's what they say. Oh, man. When I was in Montana, the funniest thing happened. There's this little family in this little diner I went to, and the one lady's like, I've been trying to get her to eat one vegetable a day. (laughs) And the mom goes, if it ain't a pizza roll or a chicken nugget, she ain't want nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stay strong, America. Yeah. Oh, man. Or at least stay plump. Yes. (laughs) Nobody saw that coming, did they? We're talking about health. We're talking about Transformers. And that's the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about here in the arc of the unexpected on the next Commander Cookout podcast. Hit our theme song. 